Are you discouraged by the events unfolding in our world? It appears that we may be moving toward the final days of the church age. But today on Encounter God's Truth, Bible scholar Dr. John Whitcomb will give us words of hope and anticipation to press forward during these spiritually challenging times. I'm Wayne Shepherd. so glad to welcome you to today's broadcast. Dr. Whitcomb is a prolific author, having cooperated with Dr. Henry Morris on the creationist classic, The Genesis Flood, and has been teaching the Bible for more than 60 years, also being widely recognized for writing and speaking on Bible prophecy. From that perspective, he addresses the broad sweep of Scripture in this message, giving us biblical reasons to persevere in our service to the Lord Jesus Christ until the day of His return. Dr. Wickham explains that while the world around us appears to be growing dreary, the presence of Christ within each of us as believers can give strength to embrace the challenges we face and use all opportunities for God's glory. Christ Himself is the key. He is the Alpha and Omega. That's the title of Dr. Whitcomb's message as we join him now to listen. What a joy to open God's Word and listen to Him speak to us. The only book God has ever written. And we thank the Holy Spirit who wrote the book called the Bible. I've been asked to give a brief resume of what God did in my life. I didn't come from a Christian home. I was an only child in a military home. My father was a great military leader in the Second World War. And uh, his father was a great military leader in the First World War. And so what happened to me was that in God's amazing, mysterious providence, at great personal expense, my mother and father sent me to Princeton University. My eyesight was so poor I couldn't qualify to go to West Point, where my father went. They thought at Princeton I could study in the School of Public and International Affairs and maybe someday become a diplomat or an ambassador or something. Little realizing the amazing things that God had for me there. Within one month of my arrival at Princeton University in the summer of 1942, I was invited to a Bible class on the campus at the student center on Sunday afternoon. I said, no. They came back and said, come. I said, no. They prayed for me. I finally surrendered and said, okay, I'll go. I've never recovered. I heard the word of God taught by Donald Fullerton, who had been a missionary to India and Afghanistan back in the 20s. And he led me to the Savior one night in my dorm room. And I said, Lord, somehow help me to find what you meant by what you said in this amazing book. A month later, I was drafted in the army, went to Europe. Was almost killed in the Battle of the Bulge, December 44. God got my attention in a special way. And so I've nearly lost my life a couple other times another time in Europe and once here two years ago. And I say, thank you, God, for the opportunity to speak for you one more time to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ through whom only we can be saved. That uh, we look back on and say, Lord, that Second World War, that Korean War, the Vietnam War, and other battles more recently, And we say, Lord, help us to somehow honor your word by honoring our country and our destiny as a nation under God. Pray, friends, as never before for the United States of America. It's in desperate danger in more ways than one. So, friends, 
you say, well, what's the second coming of Christ have to do with the creation? I'd like, I'd like to explain that. Jesus is Alpha and Omega. The first and the last. The beginning and the end. And because we believe in the literal interpretation of Genesis chapter 1, six 24-hour days, solid foundation for biblical chronology and history. We also believe at the end of the world, in a literal 70th week of Daniel, a literal thousand-year kingdom, and the eternal state beyond. You see, the whole thing fits together. And I was uh, privileged to teach in a graduate school of theology for 39 years. And although my specialty was the Old Testament, God helped me to understand that the Old Testament is saturated with eschatology. How the world will end in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Zechariah, Malachi, all those books focus on what's going to happen at the end of the world. And we hope you'll take an interest in our commentary on the, on the book of Daniel and our study on how the end times will begin. Perhaps tonight it's called the rapture. Amen. Anybody heard of the rapture? <laughs> Amen. That means that tonight, it could be tonight, friends. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Let's see how this works. The five worlds of history, science, and prophecy. Now here's our basic fundamental outline of the history of the universe. In less than one month... The world began. The very good world before the flood. It was absolutely perfect. You say, what do you mean less than a month? Well, friends, when Adam and Eve were created, they were told to what? To have children. But before the first baby was conceived, they were already sinners. The fall had already occurred. Eve had been totally deceived by the serpent. The first horrible catastrophe, the curse. Then 1,656 years later, the Genesis flood came. Another stupendous catastrophe. The world will never be the same again because of the flood. Now, we live in what we call the church age. God spoke through Israel about his plan for worship and service for him. But 2,000 years ago, God inaugurated a new program called the church on the day of Pentecost, according to the book of Acts. The church age, dear friends, has already been 2,000 years. But the second coming of Christ is imminent, as we shall see. It'll be followed by a thousand-year kingdom called the millennium, millennium, thousand years. And that will end in a catastrophe just like the previous dispensations have ended in catastrophes, the curse, the flood, and so forth. And so that will end with a catastrophe as well. And will usher in forever the new heavens and the new earth. Now, the book of Daniel tells us how it's going to happen, friends. And this is not easy. 
Daniel tells us that there will be 70 weeks Shavuim in Hebrew. And a week, according to Daniel's prophecy, turns out to be a seven-year period. Seventy seven-year periods. And after the 69th week, Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. That's Jesus. Then after that happens, an amazing event occurs. A great leader will make a firm covenant with the majority of Israelites, Israelis, for one seven-year period, one Shavuach. But in the midst of that week, right in the middle of it, three and a half years later, after the rapture, he kills the two witnesses in Jerusalem, causes the sacrifices to cease, sets himself up as God to be worshipped, and the most horrible period in the history of the world begins, the Great Tribulation, the last three and a half years, by which time the two witnesses will have won hundreds of thousands of Israelis to the Messiah, and out of every one of the 12 tribes will be 12,000 missionaries, that's 144,000 Jewish missionaries who will cover the whole human race with the gospel. Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed to all nations, and then shall the end come, the second coming, Armageddon. In just a moment, we'll return to the auditorium to hear more from Dr. Whitcomb in his message entitled Alpha and Omega. He brought this sermon to the people of Victory Baptist Church in Whiteland, Indiana, and we thank them for permitting us to share it with you here on Encounter God's Truth. If you benefit from our program, would you please tell a friend about it? Let them know that they can listen to any of the archives at sermonaudio.com slash Whitcomb. The link to that page is available from our home at whitcombministries.org. And we'd also love to connect with you at facebook.com slash Whitcomb Ministries. Our purpose here on Encounter God's Truth is to affirm to you that God's Word is true from the beginning to the end. And we're seeing that in this message, where Dr. Whitcomb is drawing from the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. He's examining issues at the beginning of history, as well as those which are still ahead of us in God's plan for the future, showing that we need to understand all biblical chronology and history literally, and that events unfolding today are setting the stage for the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. So now, let's hear the conclusion of this week's message, Alpha and Omega. Now, friends, that's astounding. You know what that means for the state of Indiana? Perhaps tonight, all Christians will vanish. Then horrible things will occur. The Antichrist with Israel will begin a vast conquest of Europe. This is all spelled out, you know, in Ezekiel and Daniel, as well as Revelation 13. But mysteriously, friends, after three and a half years, somebody kills him. Says it three times in Revelation 3. Someone's going to kill him. This is the king of the north, Gog from Agog. Some mighty power force is coming down from Russia, through Turkey, through Syria, down into the Holy Land. Can you see something beginning to happen in Russia that may suggest that that's going to happen soon? My. And he's going to come right through the Holy Land and kill the Antichrist. 
and go right down to Egypt. But when he's down in Egypt, he'll hear strange reports of something that happened back in Jerusalem. That man, that king that he killed is alive again. He comes back to destroy him again, but before he has an opportunity to do that, God wipes him out with fire, and the king of the north is gone. The Antichrist now rules the world for three and a half years. The great tribulation. The false prophet will set him up an image of the Antichrist who will come alive and kill people that won't worship it. And I say, Lord, I'm, I just, I just can't imagine these things happening. Well, friends, here it is, Israel's 70th week and Christ's second coming. Notice how it begins. The resurrection and rapture of the church, which could be tonight. Then the two witnesses in Jerusalem suddenly appear in the temple. Who are they? Now, my opinion is, as we've tried to explain in our book called The Rapture and Beyond, they are Moses and Elijah. Really? How do you know? Why do you think that? Because the Old Testament ends in Malachi, the very last verses say, Honor Moses, and behold, I send you Elijah. And when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, illustrating his second coming glory who appeared with him Moses and Elijah and I say well that's amazing two men that are highly honored in Israel millions and millions of Jewish people honor those two names when I was a soldier in Germany in the Second World War and saw concentration camps where six million Jews were murdered. I couldn't believe I'd live long enough to see six million Jews back in Israel. Something big is happening. The Bible says everybody's going to hate the Jews. I wonder if you could see some clue to that, some confirmation. Yes. And so God is preparing the Antichrist, you see, who could be alive today. I mean, if he's going to be the king tomorrow, he's got to be alive today. I don't know who he is. But God will unveil him. He'll lead that nation for three and a half years. And then comes the tribulation. The abomination of desolation. Now Jesus said it in Matthew Matthew 24. When you see the abomination of desolation, stand in the holy place. Let him who's in Jerusalem get out. Get out. Get out of Jerusalem. Flee for your lives. It'll be indescribably awful. And I say, Lord, I just can't comprehend this. You must really, really mean what you say in the Bible. Not only how the world began in six literal days, the curse, the flood, the Tower of Babel, but you've also told us about the rapture, the tribulation, the second coming, the kingdom, the great white throne, the eternal state. I I say, Lord, help me to, to mastermind this order of events. Did you know what's going to happen to the church, the body and bride of Christ? 
at the rapture of the resurrection day will immediately before appear before Jesus at what is called the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema. Not thank God to determine whether we're lost or saved, that's all settled. But determine rewards. That is when Jesus will show whether we've been faithful with the gifts that God gave to us, whether we really took the Bible seriously, all 66 books, And at the end, those seven years, there'll be a marriage supper phase one in heaven. And the, the bride in, in, in white garments, having prepared for that event, will descend from heaven with Jesus to meet the opposition, the hatred of the world below. Now, turn to Revelation 19, to verse 7. Revelation 19, verse 7. Let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him. Why? Look, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has, his bride has made herself ready by participating, you see, during those seven years in her evaluation, rewards, lack of rewards. Some will suffer loss, yet they'll be saved so is by fire. Many will see the re- rewards they, sh- they could have had, should have had, might have had evaporate in the flame. They will not be in the fire. The rewards will. Everybody at the Bema will be saved. It says it. Now, the bride is ready for something big. Phase one of the marriage supper. Now, are you ready? Verse eight. And it was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, Bright and clean, for the finding is the righteous acts of the saints. And he said, Bless, he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are true words of God. Now, friends, this is absolutely astounding what God is going to do at the second coming. Verse 11 And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon it called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. Now let's be careful here. No merely human army in human history has ever been able to to wage a righteous war in which only bad people die. But Jesus can do it. Why? Now now listen to his qualification to be the general of this amazing army. By the way, he's the only one that has any weapon. All the rest of us follow him on horses without any weapons. Now watch how this happens. Verse 12. His eyes are a flame of fire. Upon his head are many diadems, and he has a name written upon him which is no one knows except himself. He's clothed with a robe dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, that's the church, that's you if you're a believer. You'll be there. White and clean are following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword that with it he may smite the nations. And he'll rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. 
And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Can't you just visualize all the armies of the world gathered at Armageddon in northern Israel, looking up, seeing Jesus coming down. The Antichrist perhaps saying, we killed you once, you come here, we'll kill you again. Famous last words. One word from Jesus, they're gone. Rivers of blood. And then what happens, dear friends? Chapter 20, I saw an angel coming down from heaven with a key of the abyss and the great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. You know what he's doing right now, don't you? He's accusing the brother night and day in heaven. Like he did Job, you remember. But God will cast him down into the abyss so that he should not deceive the nations any longer and a thousand years are completed. After these things, he'll be released for a short time. You say, what do you mean he'll be released? After the thousand years of a perfect government, here's the sad story. I just weep when I say this. Every person who enters the millennium alive that is on the earth, survivors of the great tribulation, are born again people, but they have a sin nature, just like you and I do tonight. And therefore, all the children that are born to them, and the grandchildren, and the great-grandchildren, even in a perfect government, but of a sin nature, they'll have to make a choice. Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads to life, and what? Few. Few. The be that find it. The majority of your friends, of children, grandchildren, great, in the millennium, will be unbelievers. And at the end of the thousand years, the Lord Jesus Christ will give them a choice again. He'll release Satan. He'll deceive the nations. Millions will follow Satan to attack God's, God's people in, in, in the Holy Land. Fire will come, they'll be destroyed, the end of the world, the great white throne judgment, eternity, new heavens, new earth, forever. I say, Lord, I just, I'm, I'm just amazed at these things that are going to happen. Help me to do what I need to do to be a witness for you today, to be a light reflector into the deepening darkness, even of our beloved United States of America. I could not, I just, I can't believe I've lived long enough to see what's happening today, friends. And I just say, Lord, help us. Please don't give us what we deserve. Spare us long enough to get the message out to the ends of the earth through our missionaries, our gospel literature, our prayers. Because, friends, amazing things are about to happen. Do you know Jesus is your Savior tonight? Are you praying for people that they can come to know him too? That they, by the Holy Spirit, can understand everything in this book from Genesis to Revelation? May God help us 
as never before to be light reflectors for Jesus until he comes. Father, I thank you for this privilege to share with these dear people just a little touch of what you've told us is about to happen. Help us to realize, Father, that our life, our motives, our words, our thoughts will be evaluated by the Lord Jesus at that day. Help us to be very sensitive to your will and your word. And I thank you for this church that stands for the Lord Jesus Christ. May your rich blessing be upon them. I pray in our Savior's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Encounter God's Truth from Whitcomb Ministries. To hear this program again, visit us at sermonaudio.com slash Whitcomb. Dr. John Whitcomb encouraged us today to be faithful to take all 66 books of the Bible seriously. In that light, I'd like to draw your attention to the words of Revelation 21 as we close. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Until next week, when we resume this theme, I'm Wayne Shepherd. May the Lord bless you and thank you for joining us here on Encounter God's Truth.